it's like getting out of bed in the morning. We, we talk ourselves out of things. Like, oh, I'm too tired. I don't want to get up. Oh, I have an ache. I have this. Like, nothing is ever going to be perfect. Sometimes we can see challenges coming at us pretty clearly. A big storm that's in the forecast for the upcoming weekend. A test we have scheduled to take on a Wednesday morning at 10. But I think most would agree that the biggest challenges we face, the most significant, are the ones that come screaming at us out of nowhere when we least expect it. But no matter what that challenge is, no matter what form it takes, how we react to it makes all the difference. I'm Joe DeProspero. This is the Montville Muse. Hello, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's great to be back with you all. I am truly excited to have the guests that we have for you today. And yes, I said guests, as in plural. In our last episode with Corey, I said I was looking to include more voices, more stories, more perspectives on this series, and I got just that. So today, we welcome Gail, we welcome Patty, and we welcome Brandon, each with their own story to tell about a challenge they faced in their lives, and how they found strength within and with their KPMG colleagues to get through it. My name is Gail Smith-McCarthy. I work with learning and development here at the firm. And last year, I was counting down the hours to our much-anticipated summer break when I found out that my dad had suddenly passed away. Hey, I'm Brandon Murray, and I currently work for the OMP office under Corey Munoz. And a few years ago, I was in a job that felt like the absolute wrong job for me. Hi, I'm Patty Petrilla. I've worked for KPMG for 15 years. I work in leadership development. I am a brain aneurysm and stroke survivor. I just hit my nine-year anniversary last week. We had a director on our team who felt like I would be a good fit to lead the webcasting department. I got in and immediately was like, I, this is not for me. It was very, very procedural. I remember it so clearly. It was that Friday morning before the break, and around 8.30, I got a text from my mom saying, hey, call, would you get a chance? And when I called, the last thing I expected her to say was, your dad passed away this morning. So, like, of course, my first question was, what happened? And then she said they had both woken up and exchanged some brief words, like, how did you sleep and that sort of thing. And then she got up to do her meditation and so forth while he went back to sleep for a little longer. But then she came back in the room to ask him if he wanted breakfast and he didn't respond and she couldn't wake him up. So she called 911 right away and they worked on him, but he was already gone by that point. So back in 2013, I happened to be at a program that I was supporting and I got to watch one of our partners talk about her incredible journey doing the... Ironman triathlon. I left there so incredibly inspired and it gave me the motivation to sign myself up for a triathlon. In the, in the midst of my training at the gym, I started not to feel well and with that I crashed to the floor experiencing the worst pain of my life and I w had a ruptured brain aneurysm. I was in the hospital for about a month. Since then, I have been clawing and pushing myself to 
do everything that I had set out to do. 2020 came and now, you know, COVID's here. All events are, all in-person events are impossible. Within the matter of a week, you know, we were now the central point of all meetings for KPMG, my team of four people. (laughs) So we went from three webcasts a week to, you know, five or six a day. And me being the leader at that time, I was under the most stress of my life. Uh, You know, if anyone knows me, I am a very, very happy individual. And, And this, for lack of a better term, broke me. And there are times when I'll say, oh, dad would have loved that or Oh, that's something I would have told dad, but more often he'll pop up in a memory that makes me smile or even actually laugh out loud. I had started to really become aware of my parents' mortality long before then and to understand the fragility of life. So even though you could technically say it's awful because there wasn't really a chance to say goodbye, I had said goodbye through living by making the most of that time that there had been. I I wanted to show my you know, our girls that I did, I wasn't a quitter. Long story short, year later, I did the triathlon and I was the very last one to cross the finish, but I finished. That, that feeling of accomplishment, I, I can only tell you how incredible it felt like knowing that all my hard work had, had paid off. A few years fast forward, I was approached by the Brain Aneurysm Foundation, and they asked me if I had any, any interest in participating in the New York City Marathon. And I said, um, yeah, let me think about it. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Especially as the team was growing to support the growing demand, I felt a tremendous amount of responsibility for the team, you know, I'm left at the end of the day, just just a, a pile of skin and bones um, mentally. Uh, and and it, it was really hard. I started I started therapy because of it. You know, I, I, I went to therapy weekly. There were times where I would, you know, just have a, a meltdown in the middle of the day and text my therapist and have just an emergency therapy session because it was that it was that heavy on me. Um, just that that weight of that role. We talked on the phone so much. We would have long conversations sometimes like especially I remember during summer hours in particular like on Fridays when I'd finish working early and I would just call and sometimes we would just be on the phone for like two hours just talking about whatever the latest news was or or things from our from our past and we just had had everything so that's what I mean when I say I said goodbye through living I feel like every moment was cherished and you know as if it was the last because as we all know one day it will be the last because I I am so slow I am slow as molasses I was the last wave that started so I had to get to the start at 6 a.m. but I didn't start running until 12 noon the race starts, I'm going across the, the bridge, I'm in Brooklyn now. Brooklyn will always have my heart, that place is amazing. <laughs> and then came from the bridge and then I made it into Manhattan. And that was like, holy crap, I'm in, I'm, I finally <laughs> made it into New York City. Huge shout out to Jill Cam, who was my boss at the time in EM. She had been such a confidant over that time as well and really helped me through a lot of the issues and I went to her with a lot of, you know, leadership for a lot of leadership advice and questions and, you know, expected her to be like, 
you know, I, I hear you and, and I sympathize with you, but you know, the situation is right now, there's not much we can do. That was not what happened. Immediately after kind of finishing what I had to say, she goes, this is unacceptable. We're going to fix this immediately. She's like, give me a day. And she came back the next day and said, you know, here's what, here's what we can offer you. You can take a step down to manager and stay in the role and split your time between video and, and, and webcasting. I was like, I, I didn't hesitate. <laughs> so my mom and I went to Aruba together a couple of months after my dad passed away. It was a really good thing. I think the timing of that trip was, was really perfect. He had been cremated, so she brought some of his ashes and spread them around on the island. And we decided we were going to do a thing like covering the four elements. So the, the cremation obviously was fire. And then some went into the sea. Some went onto the earth at the Aruba Butterfly Farm. Because some people say that butterflies represent like the spirits of um, people who have departed. And some were scattered into the air from on top of Aruba's mountain. And it was really cathartic for her. But it's also an ongoing source of laughter because the running joke about my dad is that he was always afraid to fly. So this was how she finally got him on a plane. <laughs> now, granted, it's it's late. A lot of the bands have left. A lot of the fans have left because I'm at the last. I'm at the back of the pack. As I'm running, this was the most incredible moment. As I'm running, I see somebody with a blue KPMG volunteer shirt. And I start waving this to this guy like, hi, I, I, oh, thank you. I work there too. And, but then right next to me, this other gentleman is like, oh, I work there too. And it was like a, such a moment that I needed. So we got to talk and then he remembered my name. And let me tell you, on Monday morning, it was the first message that I got and it was from him. So and then towards the end of the year, I was working on David Turner's retirement video um, and interviewed Corey for that. And, uh, you know, in that he's like, hey, I'm he told me that he was selected as the next OMP. And he said, hey, you know, I, I, I'm opening this new role on my team. I, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in applying. And I, <laughs> I literally like heard a little bit about it and like hung up the team's call and screamed and like jumped around the room. I was like ecstatic that this was even in, you know, a possibility, right? Because it was, it was not a sure thing, but the fact that he reached out and said that he was interested in me for this role that is now super creative, I get to use, you know, my video skills, my writing skills. And through all this, one thing I really appreciated was the support I had within KPMG. My team members were great. I had some mentors who were wonderful sounding boards based on their own experiences. And my manager could not have been any more like KPMG family first when it came to this. I mean, when I told him right after I talked to my mom and I was telling him that I was leaving to go be with her, he basically said, you know, first of all, don't worry about work, go do what you have to do. And he said, here's my cell number. I'd love to talk when you feel like it, just as a friend, no work stuff. So call me whenever, whenever you want, no matter when it is. Um, you know, you, you can't really ask for more when it comes to, to that. And then our benefits were just, I mean, we had our caregiver leave benefit. And that was super helpful because my mom had pop-up needs in the following weeks and months. And I was able to take off time from work and just help her without worrying about losing PTO that I had allocated for other things. I finally finished this race. It took me over seven hours. 
you know, I'm not sprinting. I was in so much pain because I have so much pain to begin with. So just walking hurts sometimes. But I think the the adrenaline that I had is what what got me through this. I just knew that I was never going to stop. It was dark. They started taking away the water stations. I did see my family. They tried to, you know, meet me at different points. And when I finally got to Central Park, I don't know what happened to me, but it was like I was so over doing this run. I like floored it. And I finished. But again, it took me over seven hours, but it was the most incredible achievement to know that I never quit and to know that I did that. And just because I'm slow, I'm still strong. (laughs) You know, I'm validated, I guess, every day in, in this role of feeling, you know, like I'm making a difference what to whatever degree that is for you know uh, variance across across different people but i can see and feel that you know i'm making at least a small impact and i'm able to use my skills that that i like using and be creative and try things out um, and it's just it's just awesome during a time like this you could certainly feel out there left alone i just feel like from all angles within the firm i had so much support and and so many people who were just there for me to be as well as I possibly could. I had to be my own cheerleader during that run because I didn't see people. There were times when I didn't even see anybody as I was out doing this run because it was so dark now. My body was telling me to stop, but my mind was was like, no, you worked way too hard. People have supported you. I've raised all this money for this incredible incredible cause. I had a lot of people who I, I felt like I, I was doing this for. So getting out of this, you know, I can attribute to, to three things, right? One was finding something in my personal life that I enjoyed that, that really kind of helped me feel good about myself in the day to day. Reaching out to HR and having a great boss simultaneously was, was a big deal. Um, there's also career counselors here who can kind of guide you to the next point in your career. I reached out to them. They were helpful in, in finding different opportunities, di- different roles. You know, it didn't lead to this role specifically, but I was able to kind of start to think a little bit more broadly about what the career potential could be. And the third thing was was my network, right? Networking is so huge. And I think Corey and I had crossed paths a couple times, but there not enough to know for him to know, you know, what I did and what I could bring to the table. So I would have to assume that, you know, someone vouched for me on, on David Turner's team or um, on, on another team when he started researching, you know, who would be on his team for, for as he took over as OMP. So, um, you know, if, if you yourself are experiencing this or if you're going through a period in your career where you just feel like this isn't the right fit and you feel a little stuck or a lot stuck, maybe, you know, think about those those opportunities, right? Like getting getting something in your personal life you enjoy reaching out to HR or those career counselors to to see what else is, is possible. And, um, you know, just building that work network, you know, always, always letting people know your value and what you can bring to the table. Now I'm in one of the best jobs I've ever had, so. Just based on my own experience, the, the advice that I can offer is to allow yourself to feel what you need to feel when it comes to trying to navigate your, your mental well-being and your stress levels, 
listen to your body, but also don't be afraid to reach out and use the EAP counselors, talk to somebody, find people who will listen to you and and who can help you to be a, a sounding board for your feelings and give you some thoughtful, honest, truthful guidance. Um, and just time. You have to give yourself time as well to, to just process things the way you need to process them. It is amazing what you can do. Um, I say it very often. We can do hard things. And then I'm like proof of that because my body was, was saying no way. But my mind was like, oh, no, you're going you're gonna to finish. And I knew I, I just if, if I just talked my way through it, I'd, I could get through it. It's like getting out of bed in the morning. We, we talk ourselves out of things. Like, oh, I'm too tired. I don't want to get up. Oh, I have an ache. I have this. Like, nothing is ever going to be perfect. Nothing will ever be exactly how it should be. And that's something that I've also learned. I'm always going to have some kind of ache. I'm always going to have a pain. I may have a headache. I may have a stomach ache. And those first five minutes are going to suck is awful it is terrible but then after that it's okay you just get through it that does tie into work right because it's like I think it's with anything I think those first few minutes suck like whether we have to do a project whether we have to go into a meeting I really do think it's it's with almost with anything and then once you start doing it okay it's not so bad (laughs) you know Thanks for listening to the Montvale Muse. If you have a story you'd like to tell on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me at jdeprospero at kpmg.com.